Today is Wednesday, July 19th, 2023. This is Quick Start from CBN News. I'm Dan Andros. Former President Trump says the Biden administration is sending the DOJ after him yet again. We'll have that top story and more on today's podcast where we bring you news from a Christian perspective. Don't forget to hold up your end of the bargain. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a rating and share it with a friend. And you can email us, as always, quickstartpodcast at cbn.org. We're getting through the news of the Cray each and every weekday morning at 7 a.m. Joining me, as always, to do it, Trey Gons Phillips. Billy is still on vacation. And Trey, what's up? Happy hump day. I know. We're halfway We're halfway home already. Midweek. Halfway um, home. But it's been a good week and already plenty of craziness only, what, three days in? <laughs> yep. The sound of freedom continues to soar. And, yeah. of course... Thing, everything we just can't have nice things now you'd think the world would coalesce around fighting child trafficking but we found a way to argue about that um so that's something that's a little frustrating but there's some other interesting stuff we're going to cover on the podcast today trey including you've got a disturbing uh survey here from millennials yeah so millennials are uh you know thought crimes and uh and and free speech like all that kind of stuff is is kind of hanging in the balance because millennials are in favor of making one thing one word that you might say uh, a crime i'll just leave it at that we'll get into the details in a few minutes yeah yeah it's it is troubling but we need to know it because this is what young people are thinking so we will cover that also, manifesting, that's a huge trend right now, even in some Christian circles, and that's a big problem. A biblical literacy expert breaks it all down for us and why it contradicts Scripture. So we'll have all that and more, but first we're going to get through the news here in 90 seconds. Former President Donald Trump received a letter from Special Counsel Jack Smith on Sunday stating that he's a target of a January 6th grand jury investigation. Trump expects to face both another arrest and indictment based on the letter's content. President, Former President Trump, for his part, responded on Truth Social and called Jack Smith, quote, deranged Jack Smith and said he was a prosecutor with Joe Biden's DOJ and went on to explain how it was unprecedented that a sitting president president would use the DOJ against his number one political rival. And an American believed to be a U.S. Army soldier was detained in North Korea after crossing the inter-Korean border during a tour. According to a U.S. official, the detainment occurred during a joint security area tour after the soldier crossed the demarcation line separating North and South Korea, which is overseen by the United Nations Command. The incident has raised concerns due to the ongoing diplomatic tensions and military buildup in the Korean Peninsula. And according to a report, religious persecution against India's Christians has nearly doubled. You can read about that and more over at cbnnews.com. Trey, a lot going on there. It's interesting when you look at what's happening to Trump and it makes you wonder, do the people, the powers that be, so to speak, do they really want President Trump to want, run again? Because this seems to only help him in the polls. 
Yeah, that's what I was thinking is every time every time Trump gets uh, in the news for seemingly a bad thing, right, being indicted, being arrested, uh, having another investigation launched uh, into his campaign in 2020, all that, like conventional thinking would would lead you to believe that's not a good thing for a candidate. Um, but Trump, when it comes to the media and, and how he's perceived among uh, not just his fan base, but the general public, he seems to be like kind of the opposite of every everyone else in conventional thinking. He does better when all of this st- kind of stuff happens. So, you know, half of me wonders, okay, is Trump actually like secretly thrilled that he keeps getting indicted because he <laughs> seems to do better when he uh, is kind of like uh, the the small guy being being beaten up by Goliath. Um, you know, so I, I I have no idea what the motivation is politically behind all of this, that they could continue to go after Trump, the left continues to go after Trump, uh, because it seems to only help him and not hurt him. Right. We'll see. We'll see if the president, the former president gets arrested yet again. Uh, But we do need to be praying, as I mentioned there at the entree, for uh, India's Christians. That is a story over on CBNnews.com. You can read right now that persecutions there has doubled. And you've got these radical Hindus there that are just it's brutal over there, and I don't think people realize just how dangerous it can be in India. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It, it, anytime we see these stories, like some another country that always comes to mind is Haiti. A lot of times, because of natural disasters that they're dealing with, and, and you know, there there's always some sort of chaos that seems unfolding there. And then India, when it comes to Christian persecution, because you don't, as you said, Dan, you don't necessarily think of. India first as a place where Christians are in danger, um, but that's also a place where where there's a lot of chaos unfolding. So whether it's some sort of natural disaster, or more importantly, or I don't know if I should say more importantly, but cer- certainly more more poignantly um, for us as believers, if it's Christian persecution, it just reminds us how blessed we are to live in the United States, right? That we we have our own problems, and there are, there are plenty of them. Um, but thankfully, we're we're able to worship freely and we're able to talk about our faith openly, um, and that's a blessing we we shouldn't take for granted. But we should take advantage of it. Yeah, absolutely. For now, though. Yeah. For now, take advantage of it for now because who knows how long it's going to last around. Especially when we start looking at stories like you're about to tell us right here on the Focus Story, where we have a new survey that reveals what millennials think of free speech least when it comes to sexuality. So what is going on here, Trey? Yeah, so nearly half of millennials, so that's 44%, uh, which this this survey aged the millennials as 25 to 34 years old. Uh, they believe that misgendering a person, and I put that in air quotes, uh, should be a criminal offense. Uh, so 44%, according to a survey conducted July 6th by Redfield and Wilson Strategies on behalf of Newsweek, uh, 44% said that they think, quote, referring to someone by the wrong gender pronoun, he, him, or she, her, uh, should be a criminal offense. Now, wrong gender pronoun means uh, not the one that doesn't align with their biology, but the one that doesn't align with their way of thinking. So if a, a male decides... I want to identify as female. Uh, 44% of millennials believe that it should be illegal uh, for a person to not comply with that request, even though uh, it obviously doesn't align with uh, that individual's biology. 
Uh, and then 31% said they disagree with that sentiment. And then the other 25% of millennial respondents said they neither agree nor disagree, uh, or they don't know what their thoughts are on the issue. Uh, it is worth noting that 38% of those ages 35 to 44, so the generation a bit older than millennials, uh, they said that uh, misgendering should also be illegal. So that's 38%. Uh, 35% in that same demographic uh, said that it should not be illegal. We should note too, Dan, before we move to to the next piece of this story, uh, that uh, across the board with all Americans, uh, only 19% said that they believe misgendering should be a crime, and 65% said they disagree. So it's still a minority among Americans writ large, but it certainly should be a concern that nearly half of millennials think it should be illegal because millennials are the ones that are running companies, running for office, yeah. um, holding holding positions of power right now. Yeah, indeed. And the, and just that anyone would any group doesn't even I wouldn't even care if it was the you know, the greatest generation suddenly flipped around and had this view. You'd you'd be like, "Wait a minute, what happened here? Where did we go wrong that you think that this is correct?" I mean, what about Gen Z? Are they tre- trending in the same direction? So this is what's fascinating to me because Gen Z is often, we kind of stereotype them as even more to the left of millennials. Uh, I'm in the millennial generation and, and I, our, our generation is, is definitely, uh, definitely progressive uh, and it's kind of conventional thinking to think that Gen Z is going to be even more progressive, uh, but there's been some yeah, data. Now, now Trey, Trey, before you go any farther, I just, we got it. You said you're a millennial. Yeah. Do you think that misgendering should be a crime? Do, do, I do not think misgendering should be. Okay. Should be all a right, crime. I just so, had to check. You, all right, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for interrupting. I just wanted to check. We can move on now. Yeah. No, I, I don't, I don't fall into that nearly half, uh, half of, uh, of millennials. Good, uh, good. Yeah. So we're, we're all clear there. Um, but so of Generation Z, like I said, this is fascinating because they're actually trending in the complete opposite direction. Gen Z is those ages 18 to 24. Now still a sizable percentage, 33% said that misgendering a person should be illegal, but nearly half, 48%, said that it should not be illegal. So they kind of literally just flipped flipped the tables, turned the tables uh, on, on that question while millennials, the majority, think that it should be illegal. The majority of Gen Zers actually think the opposite, that it should not be uh, illegal. So it's an inter- interesting shift, uh, and I know Billy has covered other stories too uh, about how culturally it seems like we're we're trending a bit more socially conservative on certain issues, uh, and I think it's just the result of that pendulum swing that you talk about a lot, Dan, going back and forth. I think yeah. we've gone so far to the left, particularly on sexuality and children, uh, that I think we're seeing a cultural response uh, in the far opposite direction. Yeah, hopefully, I hope so because that is a very troubling trend indeed and um you know i think when we're looking at stories you know we're obviously picking ones we think are important why did you think this one is something we needed to put on people's radar well i think because it is something that that matters because we're seeing it more and more and more and 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 particularly when it comes again to children like earlier this month i think it was last week uh, billy had a story about a school district in california uh, that drew attention because they suspended two high school students over allegations that they had misgendered someone and those students were then forced by the district to undergo restorative justice training. Uh, So it's not like this is an abstract issue, right? This is something that's having 
tangible real life impact on people's lives. And as Christians, we know how God designed male and female, right? He designed human sexuality to be a certain way. Uh, he designed us male and female. There's there's just those two. There aren't a lot of options. You can't switch between the two. Uh, we're created in God's image to be either male from birth to to to, to our natural death or female. So it, there, there's no uh, there's no ambiguity there, even though culture likes to suggest that there is. So I think as Christians, that's our main priority, right? This is what God designed, and this is how He designed it. Uh, but then two, I think just as a society we should all be concerned, regardless of our beliefs or political perspectives, we should all be concerned about a culture of adults going after children and telling them what they need to think about their sexuality. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the reality we got to deal with. And so as Christians, we got to cope with it as best we can and be prepared and be ready to counteract people that are trying to push forward these sorts of ideas. So appreciate you putting that one on our radar screens, Trey. Right now, though, we're going to head over to the main thing. And Alan Parr is an expert in biblical literacy. He spoke with Trey about a hot topic in today's culture, and it's called manifesting. He explained why the New Age teaching goes against God's word and offered a warning to believers who are drawn to it. That's today's main thing. Navigating an increasingly confusing and complicated culture can be difficult particularly when it comes to matters of faith. Alan Parr is an ordained minister, a well-known YouTuber, and the co-founder of Let's Equip, an organization dedicated to helping believers expand their biblical literacy. We recently spoke with Alan about a buzzword we're hearing a lot about, manifesting. He broke down why it's not at all biblical and explained the differences between culture's definition of manifesting and the biblical principle of reaping and sowing. There are Christian circles, people I know, who are embracing uh, this kind of new age theology almost. So manifesting, though, in particular is something that I'm hearing more and more and more from all kinds of people. Talk a little bit about what that is and why it's problematic for the believer. Yeah, so, uh, you know, obviously we know uh, the concept of positive confession, which focuses more on the words that we speak. And you'll hear a lot of people in the Word of Faith movement will say, you know, speaking things into existence and your words have power, power of life and death of the tongue, which is scriptural. But, um, you know, that's one aspect. Hey, I'm going to speak this, I'm going to speak that. Manifesting actually really has its roots in the New Age, New Thought movement, which was really made even more popular by you know the books like The Secret mm-hmm. and teaching things like The Law of Attraction. So it's really, really paganistic in nature. Yeah. And what's so sad is that you see a lot of Christians who are borrowing from these pagan beliefs and practices. So for those who may not be familiar with manifesting, it's the idea not necessarily focusing on the words you speak, but the thoughts that you think. So if I think good thoughts, if I plan good things in my mind, um, if I put good vibes out into the universe or whatever, I'm going to attract good things to me. So I have the ability to manifest my dream home, I can manifest my spouse, I can manifest my dream job, I can manifest business success. And you'll hear people throw that around all the time. And you know, the issue with that is that it puts us in the place of God, Mm -hmm. right? It makes us in control of our lives. And now, you know, we are basically saying that I can control the destiny of my life by thinking hard enough about what I want to accomplish. Now, the reason why these things can be tricky is because there is some element 
And just like in any false teaching, there's always some element of truth that can get kind of mixed in there. Because yes, our thoughts can influence our lives. I mean, if I don't think I can start a business, I'll never start one. So you do have to start with that. But to say that our thoughts can control every aspect of our lives and even bypass maybe what God may want to do is putting ourselves in the place of God and it can be very dangerous. Hmm. You know, maybe talk a little bit about, I know you have a book that addresses this in, in, in some, in, in one chapter you focus really on this issue in particular, uh, but talk a little bit about reaping and sowing from a biblical perspective uh, and manifesting and what the real difference is between those two and how I can have a healthy perspective of reaping and sowing and discard this manifestation new age type, type way of thinking. Yeah, so I mean the Bible clearly talks about reaping and sowing is biblical, right? Um, whatsoever a man sows that he shall reap, right? Um, I think the issue that many of us, um, the mistake that many people make uh, is that we, uh, the Bible doesn't necessarily tell us what we're going to reap uh, and, it's, it, and sometimes you know, certain organizations, certain groups will try to create a transactional relationship with God where it's like, hey, sow financially and you will reap financially. The Bible never teaches that if you sow financially, you're gonna automatically reap financially. It just says sow and you shall reap. So it could very well be that I'm sowing time into the local church Mm -hmm. because I know the local church needs me to volunteer. And I might reap another benefit on some other area of my life. Maybe it's in my marriage, maybe it's in my finances, maybe it's in my health. That's God's business, Mm -hmm. right? Leave the reaping up to God as he determines what he wants to bring into my life as a result of what I sow, and let me just focus on being, being obedient to just sow my time, sow my talents, sow my treasures, and leave the reaping up to God as opposed to trying to mandate, well, God, I did this, so therefore you need to reap this in my life. And I think that's where things can get very difficult. So yeah, yeah reaping and sowing is biblical, uh, or sowing and reaping is biblical, but when we start to think that we can control certain outcomes based on how we think, that's where I think things can get pretty dangerous. All right, Trey, thanks for that discussion there. Really, really important stuff. And I, I always, I like anything that puts us on a biblical track and points us in the right direction when culture and other influences are pointing us down a road that takes us contrary to scripture. So appreciate that. We're going to have time here for one last thing on the podcast today, and we're going to take a look at 1 Corinthians 10, 13, which reads, No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. So I think it's a great reminder there. I mean, we're tempted by a lot of things in life, but to remember that that temptation is not greater. It might be greater than you, but it's not greater than God who's providing the way of escape for you. Yeah, it's a good reminder, too, of our need for the Holy Spirit, right? We we absolutely cannot uh, resist temptation in our own strength because we're fallen and we're always going to want to go back to whatever makes us feel good or feel comfortable, uh, you know, whatever's familiar, which oftentimes is our sin. Uh, but the Holy Spirit gives us the strength that we need, as you said, uh, to stand on top of that temptation uh, and pursue Christ and pursue His righteousness rather than our own sinfulness. Amen. All right. Great spot to leave it here on the podcast today. As always, don't you forget to get on over to cbnnews.com and faithwire.com for news from a Christian perspective. 
And Lord willing, in that creek don't rise, we shall return tomorrow with more. God bless. See you then.